All right. Praise God and good morning to everyone. It's always good to see uh, to see everybody here and smiling and having a good time um, in church. Um, before we get into the message, I do want to say um, that you know our prayers are with are with uh, the folks down in Parkland, Florida, that had uh, undergone through that you know tragic shooting in the school. Um, and I say that because um, one, God will call for us to pray to pray for people, um, but also there's a lot of people out there that will say, if you watch the news, they'll say, well, prayers don't mean anything. No more prayers. It's time for action. Prayers isn't going to solve this situation. Um, but God calls for us to pray for people. Um, and through that prayer, God will give you the actions that you need to take for any kind of situation that you have um, that's going on. So prayers are also for those that are in leadership positions that would be responsible for making any kind of changes to uh, any kind of policy or legislation or anything like that, that God would guide them and give them the wisdom needed um, to go through and, and make the right make the right changes. Um, we know what the Word of God says, that um, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. So we know here as a ministry and we know as Christians that prayer absolutely does work, but God permits things to happen, okay? So... Um, from that subject, though, um, it's interesting because anytime time tragedy strikes, usually people, the first thing that they'll do is they'll start to go and say, hey, I want to go to church, okay? And they think that there's, there's some safety going into a church and there's some level of protection that's in there. Now, if you look at studies, though, studies are showing that attendance in churches has been declining over the last uh, several years, but affiliation with religion, um, with some sort of religious group, is starting to increase. So these are people that are saying, eh, I'm not going to church, but I am a Christian, or I am this, but they don't attend uh, any kind of religious religious service. So it makes you wonder, the question then is, why do you actually go to church? So why do we go to church? And that's what we're going to be talking about today, is why do we actually go to church? Because there is benefits to going to church. There's reasons why we, we, we go to church. Um, you heard a little bit in the in the prophecy uh, earlier today um, around the fact that God is looking for those that are truly seeking him. So um, you can't truly seek God if you're going to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to go to church for a couple of hours on Sunday. or I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to do not going to do those things. How can you actually be searching for God to get that deeper understanding of him if you're choosing um, if you're choosing not to go to church? To kind of set the stage, if you will, or build a little bit of a foundation, Webster's defines church as a public worship of God or a religious service in such a building. So it's important to understand that because a lot of times as Christians, we come to church, we read the Bible, we go home, and then we wonder why, how come things aren't working the way that we want them to work? We have this false expectation, if you will, that going to church, all of a sudden I'm going to walk out of there, all my answers, all the answers to my questions are going to be there, all my problems are going to be solved, and we forget that really it's not the building itself that makes things effective in your life when you go to church. It's about taking what you hear and applying it and praying on it and meditating on it, and then you have things you have to do at home to make sure that what you're hearing in church is actually being sustained in your, in your life. So you're not going to walk into a church and just all of a sudden magically just walk out and they're like, oh, hey, I got it. You have work that you actually have to do. So we're going to look at how do we make church work for us as believers the way God intended it, um, intended it for us to, for it to work, okay? Um, it's no different than, and you've heard me say this before, it's no different than going to school. Right? You can go to school all day long, you can attend all the classes all you want, but if you don't actually do any kind of study and if you don't take all that information and, and try to apply it, you're never actually going to, to, to learn the information that the instructor is trying to teach. So what we're going to talk about today is how do we, one, why should we be going to church, and then how do we actually learn what's, what's actually being taught in church so that we can have victorious lives the way God actually, um, actually intended it. Okay, so first let's take a look at why we should go to church, and we're going to look at some familiar scriptures today, so let's go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. And let's start in verse verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, 
by a, a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, so there, there's a, there's a couple of things in there um, about why it is that we should be we should be going to church. Well, the, one of the first things you have to understand is that there in verse 23 it says, "Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering." Okay, for he who promised um, is faithful. There are folks that, um, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier, is why is it that it seems like church doesn't work? I go, I go, I do all these things, but I still have these problems in my life, and, and nothing seems to, be, seems to be working out. Well, the issue sometimes is that people will go to church, but they don't have that unwavering faith that the Bible is talking about here, okay? They think that, oh, I've got all of these things going on in my life, and I'm sitting in church, and the pastor's saying this, and I'm saying amen, and it makes sense, but then as soon as I go home come Monday morning, it seems like all heck is breaking and loose in my life. And then they forget that, well, God's promises are yea and amen. So if he says that he's going to do something, he's going to do it. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen right away, right? Because we all like instant everything. I mean, you got instant coffee, instant oatmeal. You can plop anything into the microwave and get a full-blown meal in about two minutes, okay? Um, God doesn't work that way when, when it comes down to him responding to, to your calls, when it comes to him responding to your, your, your request and your, and your cries. So if you go to church, it doesn't mean that when you walk out of there, instantly, all of a sudden, all your problems are going to be taken away. You have to hold on to that faith, knowing that God says if he's going to do A, B, C and D, he's going to do A, B, C and D. And you've heard many times that it's always going to be in his timing, so you have to hold fast to that because you might be going through it for several months, you could be going through it for years, okay? God's already answered that prayer, but you've got to hold on to that faith. And so even though you're going to church and you're seeing things that are still kind of uh, aren't quite getting to where you want them to be, you can't lose hope. you got to hold fast to the confession of hope without wavering. Because like it says in verse 23, he who promised is faithful. Okay? A human being can make all the promises they want to you. I mean, you may have made a promise to somebody and didn't fulfill it for whatever reason. You know, we're human beings. We're subject to make errors, and, and we can't do all things. But God, when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, and it's going to get done. God also said that my words shall not return unto me void. So if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. So it's important to understand that is in terms of when you're coming to church, understanding that whatever you're hearing in church, as long as it's of the word of God, as long as it's from the Holy Spirit, that it doesn't mean that just because you're going through challenges, that all of a sudden it's, you know what, bang, I'm done with church, I'm not going anymore because I still have problems in my life. That's not how it works. Verse 25 right there is pretty clear too for another reason why you go to church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day, uh, as you see the day approaching, okay? Uh, the definition of, a, of exhorting is pretty much, you know, being able to encourage people, you know, give a, give a good word. Um, when I was, and I'm still into cars, so I still, I still like cars, um, but in my younger days, um, you know, I started an actual car club, you know, so there were several, several of us that had cars, and we put together, we'd get together on Friday nights and Saturday nights, and we'd go meet up with other car clubs in large parking lots, and we start looking at each other's cars, and we do customization and everything like that, and there were some of us that were into the racing part of it and, and all of that, but that's what we would do, and through that community, that's how you learned how to do things on your car. That's how you learn more about, oh, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know that part was available. And you start making all sorts of connections. So when you wanted to do certain things, you can find people that you can call, okay? Well, when you get in together in church, it's the same thing. We're all here. We're all part of the body of Christ. It's a great opportunity to be able to share your testimony with someone. It's a great opportunity to be able to meet new people that are also in the, in the body of Christ, to be able to ask questions if you've got something going on. Because I'm pretty sure, at least from my experience of being in church, um, there's always somebody in there that has gone through what you have gone through. Okay? So being able to make that right connection and talk with them and speak with them, you're going to get good godly advice. 
that's the most important thing. You're going to get some good godly advice. And you're also going to get somebody that's going to pray for you and pray for you the way that God intends it, ha- intended it. They're not going to tell you, oh, yeah, you should go back and you should say this and you should do this. And, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. They're going to say, hey, you know what? As the Holy Spirit leads them, how about I pray with you? Okay? All right? And there's nothing better, a better feeling than to have somebody else in the body of Christ uh, praying for you. You know, we've heard the term, I believe, spiritual warriors. And spiritual warriors, or prayer warriors, excuse me. Prayer warriors is usually a term that you hear in churches for people that will get together and pray. So if you're coming to church and you're just going to sit there and say, I don't want to get to know anybody in church. Um, I just want to listen to the message and go home because I'm worried about what people are going to say to say about me. You'll never, ever be able to find who those prayer warriors are. Um, I've got friends in, 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 in other states and, and in business places of business that if we've got things going on, they reach out. Hey, Brandon, I'm coming to you with this situation because I know that you're going to pray for me. Okay. Would you mind praying for me and any other prayer warriors that you know? Would you mind letting them know what's going on as well? And that makes me feel good because it's, hey, that's great. You're taking this situation and you're taking it out of man's hands and you're actually trying to give it to God because you're going to give it to the people that you know are going to pray for you. Okay? So coming to church, one of the reasons why you come to church is to be able to meet other people that are in the body of Christ. When you have challenges and, and tribulations going on, uh, going on in your life, you have to be able to encourage one another. Okay? You've got to be able to encourage one another. You've got to be able to let, let people know that, hey, God is with you. Here's, here's some scriptures that you, can, that, that, that you can refer to. I remember meeting with someone um, over lunch several years back, um, and they had something that was going on, and Holy Spirit laid on my heart to share with them uh, Joshua, Joshua 1.9. Well, a few years later after that, I woke up one day and uh, happened to go on Facebook, and then I saw a post that I was tagged in, and that person actually shared that scripture with somebody else that was going through um, a challenging time and the reason they tagged me in it was because they said a friend of mine gave me this scripture many years ago we met to lunch and thank God for um, his friendship I was able to share this with someone and here's the result of what they were going on what, what was going on in their life now I'm not saying that to brag about me or anything like that because it has nothing to do with me obviously the only thing I did was I did what God wanted me to do but it blessed somebody else in their life it was a scripture that somebody else was able to use so coming to church allows you to start building that community um, of, of godly believers so that you can share scriptures with each other, you can share your testimony um, with, with others as well, and get that encouragement that God, uh, God wants us to have so that we can keep fighting the good fight. Turn now in your Bibles to James 5. James chapter 5 and we're going to go to verse 13 James chapter 5 verse 13 is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, uh, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Underline that. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Verse 13. Let him pray. Okay? I want you to underline that. Let him pray. And I want you to also underline, let him sing psalms. Okay? One of the reasons why you go to church is to give God thanks, is to praise Him, is to worship Him in a public setting. Okay? 
it's easy to pray at home when nobody's around, or it's easy to pray at home when you've got family there that, you know, you've known for however many years you've known them, you know, people that you're comfortable with, um, people that you know, people that you're familiar with. It's a lot harder to pray and out loud around people that you may not know. So in a church setting, it's not uncommon to have people around you that you do not know. But if you can't lift your voices and if you can't raise your hands and if you can't pray out loud and and, and make it known to, to God, because that's your time between you and God to praise him, are you going to be able to do that same thing in heaven? Okay. So when you come to church, you're coming here because you need to praise God. You need to worship him. You need to do it publicly. And when you get to heaven, that's what heaven is going to be like. So if you can do it at home by yourself, but you can't do it in church, what makes you think you can then do it in heaven? Okay. You can also learn in church how to pray and worship. Because at some point, either through a sermon that's being delivered by the, by the pastor or by watching the praise and worship leading at, leader and engaging that, you start to learn how to pray. You start to learn how to raise your hands. If you're listening to what's actually being prayed and not how it's being prayed, you start picking up on, oh, there's some words there that I should start putting together as I'm starting to pray. And then I should start practicing those things, okay? When you're a baby Christian, you start praying. You say, oh, God, help me with this, help me with that. As you start to get more mature, then you start learning about spiritual warfare. Then you start learning about binding and loosening. You don't learn about those things if you're just going to sit at home and read your Bible because as you're sitting at home reading your Bible, Holy Spirit would only give you but so much because what God is looking for is for those that are willing to study and to learn. The word of God says study to show thyself approved. So part of that studying to show yourself approved is getting up on Sunday morning and going to church because that's how you start to get a deeper understanding of who God is and how he operates. Okay. Now some could say well you know I had this successful business and I was self-taught and I have life experience. I don't have a degree and I don't have that and this and that and all those other things. Okay, that's all fine and well. But you can't treat the word of God the way you treat something in the world, okay? You can't treat the word of God like it's, it's something that you would learn in school. And I would even challenge you to say that even things in school, how well could you learn them if you didn't have an instructor to actually teach you them? Okay, how well could you really learn the deep things about calculus and some of those other things in math or science if you don't have an instructor there to actually go through it and say, this is how you apply this equation to this problem. This is what this means here, and that means there. Here's how it all connects, and also here's how you can use this in your life. So coming to church allows you then to be able to learn things from people that God has called to teach the word, whether through Sunday school, through preaching, through uh, children's church. God calls people to teach those things with Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit knowledge, and then that's up to you then to take all that information, but you can't get that information if you're choosing not to go to church, okay? So one of the things that you learn from church as to why you go is learning how to praise and, and, and worship God, okay? So that when you do get to heaven, uh, you'll be able to do it in a, in a public setting, if you will, uh, as well, okay? It's also a benefit to your spirit, okay? If you really want to get in shape, at some point, you've got to go do some running. You've got to go lift some weights. You've got to do some sort of cardiovascular exercise to exercise your heart. You can't just sit down and just say, hey, I'm going to take this pill over here, and I'm going to take this, and I'm going to eat this, and I'm going to do those things. You've got to get a workout in. So when you're coming to church, think of it as getting a workout for your spirit. Okay. Think of it as, as, as coming here to be able to learn something new that I didn't know before. Or I've hit this plateau, to use a workout term. I've hit this plateau to where my knowledge of God is here and I need to get it to that next level. How do I get that? Well, that's what coming to church will do for you if you're willing to actually get up and come to church. Okay. If you're willing to, and I'll get into kind of the things we need to do before we come to church here shortly, um, but that's part of what your, your, your routine needs to be before you start even coming to church. All right. So come Coming to church is a good workout for your spirit. It's just like going to the gym. You get to learn how to praise and uh, praise and worship God, and you also get to be able to connect with other believers so that you can share your testimony. Uh, one of the things that and I'm going to say this: <laughs> one of the things that I I enjoy about having a trial and tribulation in my life. And I don't mean it like I wake up every single day and say, hey, yeah, I got this problem that still hasn't been delivered and, and, and all of those things. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still a human, so there's times when, when those things get to me as well. But one of the things that I enjoy about that is being able to say, man, I wonder what testimony I can share after all of this is done. 
Okay? Wonder what test, who can I share this information with? When God delivers me through, who can I then pass this knowledge on, if you will, and be able to say, hey, you know what? I've been there. Here's what happened. Here's how I went through it. Here's how I got through it. Here's the scriptures that I, that I learned. Here's the other people that I, that I talked to as well. So when you have something going on in your life, it's not a bad idea to think about it from the perspective of what kind of testimony do I have for somebody else? Because that gives, at least for me anyway, it gives me a, more excitement around it because I enjoy being able to teach and help people and, and, and coaching. And so being able to go through that, it's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait till I get delivered from this because now I can go ahead and share that with a whole bunch of other people as well. And hopefully they can learn They can learn from that as well. Versus saying, oh gosh, here we go again. The same problem's been around for five years and it's still not. I still haven't been delivered from it, okay? All right. So we've covered why it's beneficial to come to church, okay? A lot of people know why they should come to church, but sometimes they still just don't come. Or they end up coming and they don't get the benefit out of it that, um, that they should be getting. And the reason why that happens is not because of their lack of going to church, but it says some preparation that should also take place before you go to church. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 8. And the, way, and the way the world is, especially nowadays, if you, you know, look at anything in the news or even if you look around those kind of things that happen uh, around you, um, you'll see that it's probably more important now than ever to really get to a good church, really to get a good relationship with God, really getting into your Bible and reading and praying and listening to Him. Um, because we know what the Word of God says about what's happening right now. We know that this is, uh, this is not the end. We know that Jesus can still return any minute. But we also know that situations are, are going to happen. More and more trials and tribulations are going to happen. You know, wars and rumors of war. So none of the stuff that you see in the news should surprise you. It should even really get you some more excitement because we know that, hey, this race is going to be coming. It's getting closer and closer to an end but until we get to that point we still have to manage through through what's going on okay so it's important now more than ever especially um, to make sure we're, we're going to church and we're reading the word but it starts with us doing things before we actually get to church so Proverbs chapter 8 verse 10 receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than rubies and all, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, dwell, in, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Underline that. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all the judges of the earth. Verse 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. Uh, and we're going to stop there. Enduring riches and righteousness, okay? In King James, verse 17 is also translated as, And those who seek me early will find me. One of the things that we should be doing, and it's not just on Sunday morning when we wake up, but it should be happening every single morning, is you should be seeking God early in the morning. You should be seeking Him diligently. Because the thing about seeking God in the morning allows Him to then plan your day and tell you the things that are coming up that's actually getting ready to occur through that day that you, didn't, that you weren't aware of. So you can wake up and say, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D today. But God may tell you, like, eh, you don't want to go down that road because you've got something over here that's going to be coming your way and I need to prepare you. I need to prepare you for that. Okay? It could be, you know, instead of you taking this route to work, I want you to take another route to work. Or why, God? I don't know. Just take that route. And you take that route and you find out you find out that the route that you normally would take, there was a huge accident, people died and all of those things and you could have very well been involved in that if you don't see God early in the morning. Okay? Earlier um, during the prophecy we heard how God said he's looking for people that are going to sacrifice and and, and worship him in spirit and in truth. And you've heard me, I, I think I've said this quite a few times over the last few times that I've done messages, is that that early morning is critical. 
Okay, I don't know why the Lord keeps holding me on that, but that is something that is absolutely critical, that before you do anything in your day, the first thing you should be doing is you should be talking to God. If, he, if you're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, that's not normally the time that you would wake up, get up and read your Bible. I am telling you from experience that that has, for me, that has been a huge benefit to everything. Okay, my wife will tell you, I'll get up 3 o'clock in the morning, she'll stay in bed sleeping, and I'll be down there, and I'm, and I'm reading, um, and I'm studying, and I'm praying because there's something there that he's trying to tell me, okay? And when I do that, I've noticed my days have been a lot smoother, and I've had a lot more energy. It's weird to be up for, you know, 18, 19 hours in one day and not be tired at all, but when God is waking me up and I'm saying, all right, Lord, what do you got going on for me this day that you're trying to tell me? It makes it so much easier to get through that day, okay? That early morning time, I'm telling you, you want to be able to seek God early on. You don't want to do anything without actually talking to him and allowing him to guide you, not just that day when you're coming to church, but every single day, okay? On the day when you're going to church, on Sundays especially, being able to pray and say, Lord, I want you to talk to me directly today when I get that sermon, when, I'm, when I go to listen to that sermon. That's something that's important, okay? Because if not, what happens is you just come to church, um, and we've all been there, those of us that have ever been to school and listened to a lecture, we've all been to a lecture at one point where we're just like, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. I don't want to be here and he's talking and you don't know what the heck he's saying <laughs> okay he's just going going on like, oh yeah what did he just talk about okay if you don't have that expectation of going to church that hey God I want to hear from you directly to me what you're going to do is you're just going to be sitting there taking up a seat and just saying hmm, yeah I don't know what's going on in the game and, oh there's no game today but there's this and there's that and, oh I got to cut the grass and this is coming up Friday and I got this coming up three months from now your mind starts to your mind starts to wander okay so you just become a body in a seat and I want to say you're wasting space, but okay, in, in essence, you become a waste of space because you're sitting there and somebody else could be sitting in that seat actually getting a word from God. So that's where it starts in the morning before you come to church is having that expectation that God is going to talk to you, um, talk to you directly and listen for what it is that he's going to tell you. OK, it's 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 praying. Um, that you, you know, you, you get to get to church safely. Uh, one of the things that I do every single morning coming or before I come to church is I pray that God would encamp his angels around, around the building. Because, believe it or not, this is just a building. Amen. That's it. It's brick and mortar like anything else. It's not going to keep a demonic entity from entering in. What's, what will do that is when you're praying and asking God to put a hedge of protection around it. When you're asking him to put his angels to guard the entranceways coming in. And when you're asking God to plead the blood of Jesus over the building and over every single seat and all the members that are coming in. That's what it makes a church building secure, if you will, from the evil one. How many times in movies do you see, oh my gosh, there's something going on. Run into the church. Run into the church. And they close the doors and somehow... Everybody in there is safe. Well, that's not true. This is just a building. The same way the enemy can enter into your household, if you're not pleading the blood of Jesus over it, the same way he can enter into a church. So one of the things that you should do is also pray that God keeps the, it, it, plead the blood of Jesus over the, um, over the church building, okay? Because all of those things together is what starts to make your life victorious um, as a Christian and get some benefit out of church. Okay, verse 18 there. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches um, and righteousness, all right? Uh, you know, enduring riches and righteousness. Enduring riches means these are the things that you get that are going to last. They're durable. They're not going to break down. They're not going to go away. Um, we probably all have heard somebody say, oh, well, the devil can bless you too. Well, no, the devil can't bless you. He might show, show a, hold up a shiny object. If you go chase that shiny object and you think that that is an actual blessing, what you will see is that it will quickly go away and it quickly will decay. When God gives you enduring, gives you a blessing, it's going to stay. Okay, it's not going to be taken away from you. It's not going to to to, to rot. If you're laying up your your um, your treasures in heaven and focusing on the godly things, those are the things that when He blesses you, they're going to to, to stand the test of time, um, stand the test of time, so to speak. Okay. So one of the ways to make church beneficial is seeking God early in the morning before you get to church. But again, it shouldn't stop just on the day that you go to church. That's something that should be happening um, every single every single morning. Turn to Psalms five. We're going to look at some more here. Psalms chapter five.
We're going to start in verse 1. Looks like it's in there. Psalm chapter 5, verse 1. And before I even get into that, one of the things, too, um, because every time, one of the things I love when I say, hey, here's where we're going to in the Bible, and those on the, on the podcast that may hear a long pause after I say that, it's because I'm waiting to make sure everybody gets there. And it's important that when you come to church, one of the things you do when you walk out that door is grab your Bible. Okay, you got to have your Bible when you're when, when you're when you're going to church, because the words that you're going to hear from the pulpit should be backed up by scripture. Amen. OK, and if you don't have your Bible, the same way going to class, not having a textbook is going to hinder your ability to learn. Not having your Bible in a church setting is going to hinder your ability to really be able to connect what's being said to the word of God. And if you're not bringing your Bible to church, and I don't want anybody answering this or nodding this. But if you're not bringing your Bible to church, are you even reading your Bible at home? Okay, because the one place you definitely should have your Bible is in church. Uh, my wife and I, we went to a church um, back on the East Coast one time, and um, she kind of warned me, but we were going to, 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 to visit with some, some family there. And uh, I walked in, and I had my Bible. Okay, she told me, she said, I don't want you bring your Bible. Trust me, Watson. And I said, oh, okay. I walked in, I had my Bible, and people were looking at me funny. And I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, nobody has their Bible. Okay. So we sit down, and the uh, youth uh, youth pastor went up there and uh, had some somebody come up and read a scripture. And he said, "All right, turn your Bibles to Matthew so and so." So I unzip my Bible, turning the pages. I'm looking around, and nobody's turning any pages or anything. They're all just sitting there, and they start with Matthew so and so. And I'm looking, and I and person starts reading, and I'm like. What the heck? What is it? I'm looking at my oh, maybe they said Mark. So I turned to Mark. I looked at Mark and I said, that scripture's not even there. Okay? It wasn't even there, but they were saying that in Matthew chapter so-and-so, verse this, it says, and they started reading it. And I'm looking at it, and I can see my wife out the corner of my eyes. It's kind of like shaking. I'm like, I told you. you know? And I'm looking at I'm like, where are they getting this information from? And nobody, everybody's just kind of just sitting there, and they're taking it in, and they're listening. But I'm the only one in there with the Bible. So I have no idea where it came from, so I just quietly closed. And I'm like, wow, okay, so this is what it's like. But it was an eye-opener to me that if you don't have your Bible, those things can happen. Okay, if you don't have it, that, that can happen. Somebody can tell you that there's a scripture in there that exists that doesn't absolutely, that doesn't exist at all. So it's important when you come to church that you're bringing your Bible so you can follow along what's being said. You're making notes, you're making highlights. Um, I've seen pastors that have been in with the Lord for 30 plus years still taking notes and highlighting in their Bible, okay? When you're on this journey talking with God and, and, and having this relationship, it's forever learning. You'll never understand everything that God does because he's just got too much knowledge, okay? So you've got to be able to have your Bible, uh, Bible when you come to church, okay? Psalm 5, verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For you I will, uh, for to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct direct it to you, and I will look up. Underline all of verse three, and I want you also to double underline where it says morning both times. Okay, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will and I will look up. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor evil, uh, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The God, uh, the Lord abhors bloodthirsty and deceitful men. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Under, underline that. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Okay. Verse 3 there, you heard me say um, a little while ago again, in the morning seeking God. And there you see another reference there. You shall hear my voice in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. All right? Verse number 9, they flatter you with, they flatter with their tongue. Okay? Along the lines of not having your Bible in church, okay, being able to see what's actually being taught, is you can allow yourself to be flattered by the person's tongue. 
Okay? If you're not studying the Word of God, if you're not going to church, if you're not reading, if you're not praying, it's very easily to be deceived by the way somebody says something versus what they're actually saying. Okay? So anytime, especially when you're in church and somebody's praying over you, listening to what's being said, anytime a message is being delivered, listen to what's being said, not how it's being said, because it's very easy to get people motivated if you know how to, if you know how to speak. If you don't know what to say, it's a lot harder to get them motivated. Okay? You think about Hitler. I mean, that's a great example. Um, and there's leadership studies on, on, on Hitler from the perspective of how do you move a large group of people. He moved a large group of people for some horrible um, 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 acts, but it was how he was able to speak that got people to follow him. Okay? If you look in, 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 in politics, a lot of what po- politicians do is they say all the right things, but if you listen to the substance of what they're saying, that will really tell you, are they and can, and can they or will they actually do what they're saying that they're going to do? So you don't want to get caught up in the flattery of their tongue, all right? Earlier today, we heard about watching, paying attention to what's going in your eye gates and with your ear gates, okay? Having your spiritual ears on allows you to make sure that when somebody says something to you, that you can really get down to the root of, okay, what are you really saying? Because that sounds all nice and that sounds great, but what are you really saying? Are you trying to flatter me? Uh, are you trying to flatter me with your, with your tongue? Um, I'll give an example. Um, because I think it's it's important that you see how serious how serious this this is. Um, a government organization that I worked for several years back, I was in a leadership class. Okay, and this is a leadership program that's designed for people that are in leadership positions and those that are aspiring to be in leadership positions. And in any leadership seminar you go to, they always talk about you know how do you deal with challenges and how do you do this and how do you do those things. And one of the things that was talked about here was um, how do you deal with situations that you have no control over? How do you bring yourself to a mindset of not freaking out and getting upset and all of those things? And this particular instructor said that he programmed his body to where he can push like his hand or his thumb and call up a certain emotion so that he's no longer angry because he had to drive, um, you know, an hour on the freeway to do that. And what I love about sharing this now is that everybody in here is looking at me like, whoa, what in the world? Yeah, this is true. Okay. Um, And that's what he was talking about. Now, he had all of us start getting into trying to practice some of this. And so he asked everybody to stand up. So I said, okay, I'm not sure where this is going, but let me go ahead and stand up. And he asked everybody to close his eyes. Close their eyes. Now, if I don't know you, I'm not closing my eyes. So I didn't close my eyes because I want to see where, where he's going with this. And he started talking to people about, I want you to envision this circle. And in that circle is this emotion. And I want you to step into it three times and push a part on your body so that when you push it, it does all of it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, this is a group of about 35 to 40 people plus two instructors and, um, and this facilitator. And I sit there and I'm just looking around the room and I'm watching all these people do it. And I've, and I've, uh, I've been with the Lord long enough to know my body will react a certain way physically when there's something spiritual going on and I got that feeling in and so I just walked back up to the front where my seat was and I just quietly sat down at my desk and I watched everybody this went on for several minutes everybody doing that from that day on there was a lot of people in there that stopped talking to me but a lot of people in there were like oh this was so awesome because we talked about it at the following class and like, oh this is so awesome I did this and I can push this part of my thumb and my road rage is gone and all of that and I'm like Really? And so we're having a group discussion about it. And they asked me, so what do you think of it, Brandon? I said, yeah, I said that's, not, that's not for me. I said, I'm not. Well, did you try any of it? I said, no. Well, why not? I said, eh, because I prefer to pray and read my Bible and just kind of let God handle it. <laughs> oh. Okay. And you can see their eyes got big and they stopped talking to me. You're sitting in a group of seven, they all stopped talking to me, okay? And I just said, man, well, it is what it is. Long story short, found out later that a friend of mine talked with him to ask him some questions about that because she was kind of curious. Um, and she, she asked him, she said, so it's almost like in, it sounds like what you're doing is almost like in Christianity when we ask God to deliver us from something and, and to give us joy and things like that, but you're doing it and you're calling up something else. And he said, that's exactly what 
it is. I'm calling up other spirits. Okay? Found out he was also into hypnotism as well. And this was a former co-worker of mine that wouldn't even talk to me after, after that at all. Okay? So this stuff is real. All right? You see, Pete, and, and, and the reason why I had to say that it was in a government agency is because government is big on keeping God out of everything. Right? You hear that a lot. But yet and still, they're going to bring something else into it. And the flattery of his words caught, had a whole bunch of people just following. I wish you could have seen it. It was amazing to watch all these people, leaders and aspiring leaders, standing there participating in this activity. And some people in there that actually called themselves Christians because they came to me afterwards and said, here's what I saw. And I think you had an issue with it. And I said, yeah, I did. Well, what was the issue? And I told them, oh, I'm a Christian too, but I don't see why that was an issue. Well, I don't know what kind of church you go to, but if you've been in the churches that I've been in, this is where you learn this, this stuff. And all of that stuff is right there in the Bible. So that's important to understand that because going to church is how you get exposed to these, to these deeper things that the world would not want you to believe and that the devil would want you to think and dismiss it as, and that's, that's not a big deal, don't even worry about it. It's, it's not what you think it is, okay, to keep you fooled. So that's why it's important to go to, go, go to church there, all right? So um, <clears throat> uh, let's see here. I lost my spot here, okay? So again, making sure you're grabbing your Bible, you can follow along with what's going on, um, and and know that, and not let somebody flatter you with their tongue because we know that Jesus says that in the end times, even the very elect will be deceived. Okay, so it's important to be able to have your Bible and, and be able to follow along to what's going on. Okay. Now the last couple of things we're going to look at is we've established why it's important to go to church, okay? We've established what we should be doing before we go to church, okay? Making sure we're grabbing our Bibles, making sure we're seeking the Lord in the morning. During church, we should be listening. Let's take a quick look here at um, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 42. Okay. Before we get into listening, um, sometimes it's hard to listen, you know, if you're tired. Or something like that. I mean, let's face it, we've all been to church at some point where you sit there and your, your eyes kind of start rolling and everything, you know. I mean, we're, we're human beings, you know, that those things kind of, those things happen. But part of your preparation for church also and being able to make sure that you, you're giving your full attention, um, if you understand spiritual warfare, is you know that there's a spirit of slumber that's going to make you sleepy. Being able to bind that up a, a, in advance and anytime you start feeling that um, it's something that will allow you to start, oh, okay, I'm, I'm starting to get energized. Loosening this, the, the, the understanding that Jesus, through all things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So understanding that strength is what combats sleepiness. Okay? If you've ever done anything in your life where you start to get tired, what's the first thing that you lose? You lose your strength. Okay? After a while, you just can't, you know, if you're working out, after a while, you start getting tired, you can't lift as much weight. If you're running, you can't run as fast. If you're doing anything around the house cleaning, you can't clean as fast or with the, 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 the thoroughness that you might be trying to do because you start to lose that strength. So understanding that you can get your strength from the Lord and binding up that spirit of slumber will allow you to be able to combat that when you're sitting there and your eyes start to kind of start rolling, you start feeling a little bit sleepy um, and all of those things. Okay? That's important um, to understand. Also, understanding that the spirit of mind control can get in there and start keeping you distracted. Right? Thinking about that ham at home that you, you've heard so much about. Oh, I gotta, gotta, can't wait till I get that ham. Oh, man, that's going to be so good. Or I can't wait to do this or I can't wait to do that. Those are the things that the spirit of mind control will come in there and start being able to deviate your, your attention from what, the word of, from what God is trying to tell you. So being able to bind that up and, and pleading the blood of Jesus over your mind and asking the Holy Spirit to, 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 to help you pay attention and to take in um, what's happening. Taking notes is also a good way to be able to keep your attention on um, what, you, what, what you're hearing in church. Because if the devil can get you distracted, 
And you're supposed to be praying and saying, Lord, speak to me. Well, if you've got that expectation going, the devil knows that. So what he's going to try to do is he's going to try to block that from getting to you. So being able to eliminate those distractions, distractions through prayer will allow you to soak in and absorb um, what you're hearing in, in church. All right? um, so being able to listen, that's important. John 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Uh, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you, have not, you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. I want you to double underline all of verse 44. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Underline all of verse 47. He who, hears, who, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Okay? Verse 44, I mean, that, that's pretty powerful there. All right? Um, you're the father of the devil, the desires of your father you want to do. The reason why church doesn't work for us, um, or for those that go to church, is because we go for the wrong reasons. All right? We go because maybe there's something to do on Sunday, or because we're worried about what people would think of us if we don't go to church. Or you want to be able to tell somebody and say, hey, look at me, Sunday morning while everybody's sleeping or doing yard work or working on that car or at the gym, I'm in church. Look at me, look at me. That's what I'm doing on Sunday. Instead of being able to go there and say, I go to church on Sunday because I want to hear from God. I want to get a message from God that's going to help me in my walk with him. Not to look at what man is, what man does and, and to try to prove myself be, to be better than somebody else or anything like that. And then it doesn't allow you to really listen to what's being said. Because all you're sitting there worrying about is saying, yep, I sat here. Oh, matter of fact, I'm going to go back for the evening service. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I can tell people, yeah, you know, I spent 12 hours on Sunday at church and went to work at 8 o'clock on, on Monday morning. Big deal. If those 12 hours in church, you didn't learn anything about God and, and it brought you closer to that walk with him, who cares? It doesn't matter. It makes no difference. If Monday morning comes, comes around and you've got that challenge that, that faces you and all of a sudden you're just folding up and you're like, oh man, I can't deal with this. You just wasted your time in church. Okay? And those things happen and they keep people from, from coming back to church because they don't know how to actually listen and understand what God is actually, is actually saying. Okay? In Psalms, we were talking about um, not allowing yourself to be flattered by, by speech. All right? And there you see in verse 44, um, Jesus says, He was a murderer, talking about the devil. He was the murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a, when he speaks a lie, he speaks it from his own resources. So if you don't have your Bible coming to church, and if you don't have your spiritual ears on when you come to church, how do you know what's being preached is not a lie? How do you know that it's actual truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? So if you're, not, if, if you're not preparing yourself spiritually, if you're not bringing your Bible, if you're not taking notes, if you're not studying, and if you're not meditating, how do you know what's being said is actually truth? Okay? All right? That example I used earlier about going to that church. If I didn't have my Bible there, I could have sat there and easily just thought, oh, okay, yeah. It does say that. But I was able to open up and look through two books, and that scripture was nowhere near to be found. Okay? All right? And I know, and, and you know, people make mistakes, and sometimes scripture can get misquoted, or they get the wrong you know, chapter, book, and verse, and those kind of things. Um, but what I knew from, from the history of that church that I found out afterwards is that, no, that's not the case in this situation at all. The person didn't misspeak. Okay? They really, really, that's the kind of teachings that go, that go, through, that, go through that church. So it's important to understand um, that if you're not listening, into what God, what he says in verse 47, Jesus said, um, if, you, if you don't hear, it's because you, are not, you not, are not of God. It's because you are not of, of God. If you don't hear God's words, it's because you're not of God. So if you're truly of God, you will hear his words, you will put into practice what he tells you, tells you to do, um, and you won't allow yourself to be deceived. But again, the only way that you can know God's word is you have to go to church. Okay? After church, then, what you need to do is you need to meditate on what you heard. 
Put it into practice. Really listen to what God has to say to you because there's a good chance that whatever you heard on Sunday is something that you're going to need Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and possibly the following week. Okay? So taking what you hear, meditating on it, putting it into practice, and make sure that you're listening. Okay? You only get good at anything by doing it. Okay? By doing it, by doing it, by doing it. So, as you can see, coming to church is just not enough to just walk up and say, okay, I'm going to go to church. You've got to put your work into it. You've heard the old cliche, you get out what you put in. So it starts at home. It starts with reading the Bible. It starts with seeking God early in the morning. Then it starts with dragging yourself out of the bed to, to get to church. It starts with, with, with being able to sit in there and make sure you're staying fully focused and, and putting on your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes and, 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 and setting your spirit up to be able to receive the things that God is saying. And then it takes you to take that after church and go ahead and actually put it into practice in your, in, into your life. It takes you to meditate on it and to do a deeper dive into that and say, Lord, I heard this. I don't quite understand it. So help me understand it. Okay. Because you don't always, you may not always grasp everything that you hear in church, but that's why you have to meditate on it. Okay. That's why the Bible talks about meditating and following my words and trying the spirits. Okay. Because you might be sitting there and saying, ah, I don't quite understand it. And that's fine. What do you do after that? Okay. What do you do after that? Do you just dismiss it and say, eh, I didn't get it, so I don't even, I'm not even going to bother to learn about it. Or say, Lord, I want to understand a little bit more about that. Because when you take that kind of action there, God will reveal it to you. And not only that, but then what, he, what you start to show him is, or what he'll start to see is, okay, you're serious about me. You're serious about my mysteries. Okay? So when I share things, when I share things with you, you're going to come back to me, and you're going to seek some more, and you're going to seek some more, you're going to seek some more, and you're going to do a deep dive into his word and what, and what he He's all about, okay? That's studying to show yourself approved, all right? So anybody that might be hearing this that um, isn't attending church, you know, I pray that you would seek the Lord's face and find out what kind of church you should attend and, and where, because when you show him that you are trying to attend, he will point out the right church for you to go to. For those of us that are going to church, um, just continue to go. Make sure you're in the right one. Ask Holy Spirit to, to, to open up your spirit to receive his word, okay? Take the things that you hear, put them into practice. Pray for the ministry. All right, ask God to camp His angels around about the ministry before you before you come in. Okay, ask God to plead the blood of Jesus over all the all the seats and anybody that enters that enters into the church, and be ready to receive a, a powerful word from God. Okay, have an expectation that you're going to actually hear from God and that He's going to talk to you directly. Do not listen to those people out there that would call. Um, somebody a lunatic for saying that Jesus, he talks to Jesus and Jesus talks back, okay? Don't listen to those things because if you do talk to God and if you do, do talk to Jesus and you listen, he will talk back to you, okay? I pray that this message has been a blessing and now let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.